0: What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky, and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Plummer. Now, here's Balky and Plummer. What is up, H-Town and Astros fans around the globe? Welcome to episode 36 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky and my partner, fresh off the winter meetings in glorious San Diego, oh, yeah. Jeffrey Blum. <laughs> you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. And give us a follow on Twitter, at Believe in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky and Blummers at Blummer27. Send us your comments, questions. Obscure facts you might have learned about Blummer mm. during Astro's broadcasts? I'd like go. to know. I'm sure he's made a mention of a numerous things, and I'm <laughs> I'm dying to... Uh, I ran across an article about you, Blummer. Really? Uh, from 2019. A story okay. from, uh, I think it was Channel 2 that did it, and it was all about how you balance your life. <laughs> and uh, and one of the things that your wife said about you was that you, uh, you're some of your daughters were just like you and that you were all business. Yep. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and as much as I want to believe that you're all business, you do seem like a jovial fellow as well. So, uh, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start calling you all business Blum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that, that might have been, I don't know. It might, I mean, obviously a lot during the like, playing days, and it was more like in the moment, on the field, Practice, yep. you know that kind of thing, and I know that my daughters. If you watch their faces, or if I'm doing a task, I have a particular. You know, this is the joy of being married for you know 20 plus years is that yeah. you start to understand when that person is kind of dialed into that business mode. But uh, you know, I get laser focused. I'll be working hard, or if I'm trying to you know change an electrical outlet or hang a picture or something, all of a sudden if if I start to get kind of straight faced and the tongue comes out of my mouth, if I start. <laughs> You know, if the tongue starts moving, that's when you know the brain is working overtime, and I think that's probably what she's talking about. Because I know my oldest daughter. If you, we have pictures of her during a volleyball game, and she's kind of got her eye on the ball, and her tongue is like, you know, sticking out. So I I think that's kind of where that comes from. That is
0: hilarious. I I, the one my wife notices in me is when I'm writing. uh, If I'm sitting at the sitting down and I'm typing, whether it's on my laptop or my at my desk, this is what I'll, I'll type for a little bit, and then I'll go like this. And I'll just stare off to my left for literally no reason. I have no mm-hmm. idea why I do it, and I don't. E- I'm not even conscious of actually doing it. But yeah. my wife is like, "You're you're staring to the left again." <laughs> it's like I'm dead serious. I'm in the and middle of like, oh, something, man. That
1: that is my brain. Like everything kind of shrinks, and that's like that focus or that zone yep. that everybody talks about. And you can get into yep. it. I'm sure with writing, all of a sudden everything's kind of here, and you're like, get yep. that thought, bring it back, and go to town. Yeah, that's funny.
0: Absolutely, got it. You got to have something you got to have something yep. to keep you focused. Um, rainy morning. Uh, I guess you're not playing golf today.
1: Played yesterday. Sucks. Oh, you We're did good. play yesterday? Yep. Where did you go yesterday? Uh, Westwood Country Club. I've got a great oh, yeah. uh, teaching pro over there, friend, uh, Scott House, huge Astros fan. And we nice. got to go play some golf, talk Astros, and uh, we had a blast. And it was kind of interesting to be sweating your brains out on December, what, 8th or 9th or whatever? 8th, 8th? Yeah. Dude. I put up
0: the last of our Christmas lights yesterday and I swear to God, I felt like I was, I went and played basketball yesterday morning. I went and played pickup. And, uh, and of course that's always good for sweating your brains out. I didn't think it was, I was going to do that at like five o'clock at night while
1: stringing lights in the bushes in my front yard. Yeah, yeah, Just it's a, ridiculous. Can't remember if it's a progressive commercial or whatever. It was. It was a couple of years ago when that guy, It's all hot and he's like, it's like a sauna in here, and that's what. <laughs> that's it what is. outside in Houston in December feels like. It's like a sauna.
0: It's a it's a damn steam room out there. Yeah. Well, um, first off, want to mention that the Astros didn't lose anyone in the Rule Five Draft, uh, despite leaving a few guys available that raised a few eyebrows, which was good. They did lose four players in the AAA A version of the draft, mm-hmm. but they also took four back, all pitchers, three of them lefties. Um, and for those who aren't familiar, Rule 5 draft allows teams to pick up players that are not on the 40-man roster, but only if they sign them to their major league club for the entire season. And the AAA version is very similar to that. It's just for AAA. So a lot of guys get signed from AA or, or single A ball and then get immediately moved up to AAA. So it looks like the Astros are just trying to stock up on some pitching depth. Um, at the AAA level especially given the fact that Hunter Brown is going to be on the Major League roster next year and they're probably going to dig a little bit into that during the year at least they think they might especially the guy like Brandon Like I've got to imagine he's going to spend yeah. some time on the Major League roster as well so probably to beef up a little depth there I would imagine right
1: yeah, and you know, this is very similar to the 2022 spring training going into it to 2023, in the sense that you know you you had an extended season, the lockout pushed everything back, so right. you're you have this abbreviated spring. But we also saw Dusty Baker, you know, Jeremiah Randall, the head uh, head trainer for the Astros. They really did a good job of mapping out a game plan to protect these guys for the long run. And what I mean by protect these guys yeah. is. You know, extend them a little bit. Maybe give them a couple more days off in between starts, so you can you know kind of ease them into the season instead of immediately throwing them in there for you know a quality start every five days. And I think that might be the idea too. Is maybe you know use that six man rotation, get Belak in there to give guys rest. You know, so they're they're going to be diplomatic and very intelligent about it because it worked so well last year. You know, the health of that rotation obviously is a big key to the Astros' 2023 season.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you, you just said it. Um, health is everything. It's the great equalizer in sports. So true. Um, and so, we, you know, if you're going to defend that world title, you're going to have to be healthy to do it. Um, so let's. We, we briefly talked about it before going on air. Let's talk about the money that is being thrown around in Major League Baseball. And by the way, not just a lot of money but a lot of money and a lot of years to guys who are going to be 38 39 40 when these deals are done i thought baseball had learned its lesson but now last night brandon nimmo goes back to the mets eight years 160 million which is just bonkers and uh i saw michael schwab on twitter post that and i just and i just responded yeah no thanks um and then you have Contreras, obviously taken off the board. Um, he gets five years, which is really a lot, I think, for for a catcher. Yeah. He'll be 35 at the end of his. And all these guys are, that are older, like, what happened to age regression?
1: <laughs> I mean, Ew. what is going on? I mean, analytics are there for a reason, and there's, there's definitely this progression arc. And usually – you know to your point that 27 to 32 is that that sweet spot that honey yeah. hole that you know every guy has where they're going to they're just starting that that arc to their peak and then it yeah. starts after 32 you start to regress a little bit but dude let's go back in time to the contract negotiation that happened over the last offseason but the cba is what i'm talking about the collective yeah. bargaining agreement between owners and players uh, er- <laughs> We have seen this happen every negotiation. Every time. Having, having been a player, now on the media side, obviously I'm a fan of the game. We are not making money. We're not doing this. The COVID year crushed us. We're trying to recoup. Oh my gosh, Steve Cohen has stepped in and said, "What? What COVID? What uh, what are we talking about? Uh we're, we're crying poor and all of a sudden we're given, ne- you know, uh Nemo, uh, what do you say 280? 160 over 8. 160 and my over 8. Is- He's a twenty right? million. Who's pushing these salaries? That's the other thing I want to know. Right. You cry poor, you pay all this money. Who who's negotiating who is Cohen negotiating against? Right. Like who's never leveraging mind. this
0: price? Yeah, never mind the big market teams. What the hell are the Padres doing? Given oh, Xander Bogart's eleven years? Like, they're not a big market team. They're the I just read today, they're the fourth smallest market in Bay. And they're just, I mean, I looked at their, I mean, they've got multiple guys now on their roster who are going who are commanding
1: huge dollars. Like, what in the hell are they thinking? So, going down to the winter meetings and just, I mean, the onslaught yeah. of people and the conversations you have, and, you know, you have a couple of drinks, li- li- lip, lips get a little loose. Yeah. Try and say that a couple of times. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, with the Padres, I know that they took a run at uh, Trey Turner. They took a run at Aaron Judge. They, they're they taking runs at all these guys and finally landed on Xander Bogarts, who said, hey, I'm right here, I'll take it. You know, it was crazy to me to see that happen. But at the same time with the Padres, it's also interesting to know that uh, Manny Machado's contract has an opt-out clause at the end of 2023. So there's some interesting right. play with their roster and their organization. But being an ex-Padre also... Yeah. I appreciate the hell out of what AJ Preller is doing. And he's very in line with some of past you know, GMs in San Diego who are just like, we're going to do this. We're going for it. But San Diego's the only show. I mean, Padres are the only show in San Diego. So I give them credit for yeah. trying to give their fans something.
0: Yeah, well, um, <laughs> and compete with Tanner- the Dodgers. They took Xander Bogarts and like they stabbed him with a trident. I mean, my goodness. We'll get back into more Ron Burgundy references because it's San Diego, but yeah. And but here the here (laughs) the the, negotiations
1: escalated quickly.
0: (laughs) Exactly, a hundred percent. I will say though that it is rich, and that's I use that word both literally and metaphorically. (laughs) That these billionaire owners look. I understand business. I get it. I get that you want to make money. I get that there are certain things that apply to that, and I get if you're a rich guy, you want to. Those guys are going to get richer, and they're going to spend, you know, freely. But please spare us the whiny, <laughs> like oh, we lost so much money during the pandemic. It's like, yeah, so did everybody, man. Everybody mm-hmm. lost money during the pandemic. You're no different, and. So if you're gonna do that, then don't turn right around and spend they spent over a billion dollars during that during winter meetings. A billion. Yeah. I and mean, let it go, man. Come on. Just admit yeah. it. Admit it you wanna you and of course these are all the big market teams
1: too, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. Obviously, there's teams that are going to be more frugal. You've got the Astros who are, who have a very good idea of what they need and how to go get it. They're not going to fork out the yeah. $25, $30 million contracts like we're seeing with these other teams. I think the Padres, to your point, kind of matched what the Yankees did a while ago with those three three contracts of over $30 million a year. And then you've got the Rangers doing what they're doing with Jacob deGrom, Marcus Simeon, and Corey Seager. You know, you're going to have – there's teams out there with the Padres Mets. Rangers are in that category where you're going to have three or four guys taking up half your payroll. Yeah. It's it's amazing to see them Phillies go too. out there. Yeah, oh, man. And you forget about the Phillies because there's so much money going everywhere else. Right. But I get, I get the fact that you want to spend and get your team to be that good as quick as you possibly can. <laughs> but I think more to your point and more to that collective bargaining agreement is, okay, the money's there but how is the money there for 11 years and how how does that cost or that ROI that we always talk about return yes. on investment you're going to get a good 5 years out of these 11 10 year contracts what do you do for the last 5 of those was it i mean it's amazing that these players are able to go out there and say hey sign me through my 42nd year 41st <laughs> year it's un- unreal gonna... to me that's what that's the part that gets me it's not the a- annual average yeah. value it's the length
0: well, yeah, and especially you, hitters really do te- tend to fall off a cliff. I mean, there is that sort of real precipitous drop, particularly power hitters. You see yeah. that their power numbers really start to drop. You know, We've talked about that before. The thing that uh, is amazing to me with these long contracts as well is that you have these guys getting these long contracts until they're 38, 39, 40 years old or whatever. Um, never mind what's going to happen in the last three years. What's going to happen in, like, year five, right? What's going to happen if one of these guys gets injured and loses a whole season or whatever? Your roster is so tied up in money with these guys that, I mean, it's one thing if you're, you know, I guess, like you said, with Cohen, he can spend, you know, he doesn't care. Um, I mean, the guy was over the luxury tax threshold with 26 players on the roster. I mean, just – insane yeah, he's going ludicrous speed past that time. <laughs> good call good spaceballs reference he is going ludicrous speed no doubt about it and so it is i just i don't care if they spend money i look you want to spend a bunch of money that's fine just don't whine about it when you when you don't have any money and i yeah. will say that the astros definitely seem like they have continued to stick with their plan and i totally agree and you, can't, and you can't say they're not spending money. I mean, they went out and signed Jose Abreu. Yeah. Um, they, but look at what they did with Jordan Alvarez. I mean, everybody's signing these guys these massive deals. Jordan Alvarez is getting good money, I not mean, he's not, mm-hmm. not going to go broke. But it's not like they signed him to 11 years, like $250 million or whatever the hell these contracts are. The Astros just seem like they're spending
1: smarter, and maybe that's why the Astros are so good. No, they are extremely good. I think you know, even without a GM in place, there's still some brains in there that can actually yeah, yeah. quantify some of the numbers and maybe some of these contracts. The only thing that kind of concerns me a little bit with uh the Nimmo signing and having it as large as it is, is when you start to get these contracts and you look at it from that thirty five thousand foot view, it starts to set the market and all of a sudden that market starts to climb. And the only reason I bring up the outfield market and a guy like Nimmo, you know who's know better where, than Brandon Nimmo? I know where you're going. Kyle yes. Tucker. Kyle Tucker. Kyle 100%. Tucker is head and shoulders above this guy. <laughs> and that's like where I'm rolled... going. If I'm an Astro I'm going, oh dear God, what just happened? Steve, you're killing me. You know, I think because he now rolled...
0: He obviously rolled the dice and it came up, you know, it came up right for him. He did not shoot craps when he decided to shoot down the Astros offer. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. So it, it definitely worked out for him. He's on you know second team, all MLB. You know, he's one of the best outfielders. He's he's a face that's recognizable now because of the you know, winning gold gloves, stealing bases, hitting bombs, yeah. winning World Series. Yeah, his value is skyrocketed on his own, and then you get a little help from a from an outfielder that's less than Kyle Tucker, and all of a sudden that number changes drastically. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt about it. He's he's gonna rake it in as a result of this. <laughs> Deservedly and, and, so. You know, Unfortunately, look. ass he's still under team control for I think another three seasons. Um, but it does make you wonder: is the is he going to be another casualty? You know, because yeah. I told you know I was telling somebody the uh, a few weeks ago. I was like, listen, if you want to go out and sign some of these big contracts, somebody was complaining about the Astros not signing. Us, I said, listen, you have to make decisions about who you're going to get rid of. Um, it's not like the Astros are poor. But Jim Crane is smart enough to understand that you can't just spend willy nilly, um, mm. and because it's not just about having the money to do it, it's also about having the the ability to do it when you've got to pay other guys that kind of yeah. money too. And it's tough; you can't field a roster if you've got, you know, four or five guys eating up you know ninety percent of your salary
1: budget, and yeah. it's just well, it's I, a mess. But we talk about the Astros kind of creating this, uh, this construct of an organization that's able to draft, sign free agents, develop, and win ball games. And now we're in this unbelievable spending spree. But one thing the Astros have been able to do since 2015 until now is spend wisely. I mean, that right. is what is really impressed, and maybe we don't talk about enough as far as, as, a, as a national media, is how wise the Astros have been in using their money to go out and win. That's what's, yeah. what, that's what's incredible to me. And maybe someday later on, instead of some of these other crazy books we read, you'll read a book on how to spend your money wisely and how you can't just go out and buy championships. You've got to draft well. You've got to coach well. You've got to develop. You've got to have character. And you've got to go out there and play the game. And that's one thing the Astros have done over the last six years. Well, yeah.
0: Let me you're 100% right. I mean, look at the, the just intelligent moves they made in terms of signing players. Just you know signing Alex Bregman got his extension Jose Altuve had his extension they got Jordan but then they've also put guys in around all of these guys they've brought guys up from the minors they've signed um, you know intelligently with guys like Michael Brantley and you yes. know Martin Maldonado and and I think that that's really been something that that they have to get a
1: lot of credit for right I mean this is it's, it's such a big deal And also knowing when taking a chance and letting a Springer go, a Garrett Cole, a Charlie Morton, a Carlos Correa—you know there were opportunities to really back up the Brinks truck and keep guys around, but they took a chance and and relied on some development guys that they had, and it's really paid off amazingly. There's
0: no doubt about that. And now you you've got uh, Contreras is off the market. Uh, The Astros are still looking for a lefty now. I think my, I think Michael Brantley's coming back. I mean, all the wor- word is is that he's going to be back in, in an Astros uniform. It's just nobody wants to do anything until they can really test that shoulder, and yeah. they don't think they can even do that until early part of next year. So he might just be out there for a little while. But Andrew Benintendi is still out there, but i got to believe now with the money Nemo got, Benintendi's going to – I mean, the Yankees are going to yeah. back up the truck for Benintendi. I don't think there's any question. That's
1: how the market works, yeah.
0: Yeah, so what does that leave the Astros for in terms of in terms of a
1: left-handed bat? They do want some balance in this lineup. I'd I, I have to do a lot of digging to try and maybe yeah, find same. guys because you know if you're not willing to go out there, and we you know, we just talked about that market, you know, bumping and what it means for Kyle Tucker, but it means something for Ben Benintendi also. Yeah. But Benintendi kind of has that baggage of of being injury prone. I think a little bit, he as does. good as he is. And I think that he is an excellent fit. They were, you know, the Astros were kicking a t- kicking tires on maybe possibly trading for him at the at the trade deadline last season. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that would slot in beautifully in like that two spot or maybe later in the lineup because he's he's a high contact on base percentage batting average he does everything that you like to see in that astros organization where he doesn't strike out a lot and gets on base which means he's going to score a ton of runs with the production guys that they have in that lineup so that's what makes him highly appealing he can play a great left field uh, unfortunately we saw that in 2018 when he was with the Boston Red Sox. Yes. But these these are things that the Astros need and that left-handed bat is something that I think Dusty Baker really likes to really kind of break up the right-handers in that lineup. But if you don't have the money to go out there and spend, you're starting if you're, you know, whoever's whoever's making these decisions or evaluating how to go get talent, the trade market's also out there, but what are you willing to go out there and get? Because I think if you start to look for guys, you know, Var, uh, Dalton Varsho is a guy that I've heard uh, uh, name bantered about a little bit. He's got a couple of years of control in, mm-hmm. in knowing that you're going to have to really escalate the value of what you trade to get a guy who's still under club control. So those that's some of the conversations I would imagine are going on in that Astros front office.
0: Yeah, you've, you've got it exactly right. I mean, the Astros have a lot, and this is something I, I've... Uh, I have on my list here to discuss. The Astros have, they, you know, Sean Murphy is a guy that a lot of people have talked about as, a, as trade, but the problem is the Astros are very top-heavy in their minor leagues. They have a lot of guys that are kind of yes. getting ready to be in the major leagues, um, but they don't have a ton of depth. They've sort of pillaged a lot of their uh, depth when they've made deals in the past and moved things around. So they're still trying to rebuild Um, their farm system a little bit and while they do have great top end talent with you know with some of these guys you do have to kind of think but do they want to pillage that and really be short on minor league depth going into this season I'm not sure they do and it does beg the question if they are out looking for a catcher you know can they bring back Christian Vasquez I mean he does know the system he does know the pitchers it's unlikely he's going to get a super long deal given his age. Um, he seems like maybe the type of guy they could split time with Maldi and you wouldn't lose anything defensively um, if they really. Because otherwise, you're going to you're going to play Corey Lee, or you're going to play Yannir Diaz. Diaz is a better defensive player uh, than Corey Lee, which is. But both of them, neither of them are, are great defensively yet. And I think the team is worried about that. Am I
1: wrong? Does that it seems like they are. No, that that seems absolutely reasonable to me, considering all the news that we heard that they were actually making a pretty good run at uh, Wilson Contreras and trying right. to go get him to come into the organization. Obviously, Contreras' upside is the offensive side. Right. If you start to, you know, if you compare apples to apples, Martín Maldonado is uh, defensively is one of the elite, uh, and I think going into this new rules era of of pitch clocks and bigger bases. I think it lends itself to the opportunity for more stolen bases. So Martin Maldonado, holding onto him and coveting his ability to throw guys out, obviously the nickname, the machete. You -hmm. know, he cuts down runners, which I think is is brilliant. But he also works well with his pitching staff. And no matter if you bring back a Vasquez who knows his pitching staff, or if you start to nurture a uh, Yiner Diaz or a Corey Lee, you're gonna really have to put Corey Lee or uh, Yiner Diaz in the crash course uh, of learning how to handle pitching staffs because defense is going to be paramount for for catching and i think that those new rules are changing the idea of what a catcher is and vasquez is a great fit Uh, he might be reasonably priced reasonable as years are concerned I think Martín Maldonado can he catch as many games as you want him to next year? I think that's a really those are those are legitimate questions. And Vasquez having that experience, I think, gives him a little bit of a leg up over a Corey Lee or a Yiner Diaz or somebody else who might be available out there.
0: I'd rather have an experienced guy to play with Maldi right now. Anyway, defensively, you can always have a third catcher and rotate them in. But mm-hmm. I would be, you know, there. this is a team that's that's going to compete again uh, for a World Series. <clears throat> and and Blummer, honestly, I feel like the movie Scanners, because I feel like somehow you're reading my mind right now, and my head at any minute is going to explode when you talked about the rule changes. <laughs> because here's the thing. I think one of the most overlooked things in this offseason is how critically important defense up the middle is going to be, and that doesn't just Good mean pull. second and shortstop, which obviously the Astros have well covered. It means catcher and it means center field. Like the 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 there is a to me, there is going to be a lot uh, put on those guys in this type of offense. I mean, with excuse me, with these rule changes in these offense, mm-hmm. with the bigger bases, with um, the no shift in the infield. I feel like you know this may come back to it. I remember, I remember the arrow and center fielders. Their primary role was to be great defensively and be yeah. fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this may be another one of those times. Which in that case, maybe Chaz McCormick is the right guy for the you know uh, for the center field spot at least at least in part next year.
1: No, I think he should be, especially because I would bring back Michael Brantley in a heartbeat. Just because I think his 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 ability to be an influence in that clubhouse is one thing. If he can play left field every once in a while and put together a great at bat, he lengthens out that lineup ridiculously. Yeah. But you know, just talking about the new rules, can't shift on the infield, but guess what? You can still shift in the outfield. You can move those guys yep. wherever you want, so you can put a guy like Chaz who may not be the elite center fielder but you can put him in a position where he's going to make, make a lot of plays and then you move behind the plate and we talk about you know the physicality of throwing base runners out catching, blocking all of these things but how about the ability to be able to call a game and be prepared enough to be able to input the number into that pitcher's head within the 20 seconds or within the yes. 18, 19, whatever the heck it is Yes, that's going to be key too because if you don't have the idea of getting to the pitch the pitcher wants you're going to have all kinds of scrambling step-offs uh rules violations whatever the heck is going to happen i'm curious to see that but martin's a guy who can think a pitch ahead and keep those pitchers in rhythm because that's a big part of being a good pitcher is relying on your catcher to give you the right signal so you can just catch it and go and not have to think too much
0: Yeah, and we've talked about this the ability to do, like, throw pickoffs, you know, because the pitchers can't do it. You know, they're going to get two per, you know, at bat or whatever it is. And that's it. So, catchers, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to, you're going to really have to rely on catchers to be able to gun guys down. I mean, Maldi seems to be the the ideal guy for that, which is why he's going to be back and why the Astros rely on him so much. But, and I think that's also conversely why they're nervous if they are nervous I don't know I'm speculating here that they're nervous about guys like Corey Lee you know because Lee is a good offensive player but he's not great defensively Diaz is better defensively but I mean where do you put where do you put how do you rank those guys and how do you make a decision about that
1: well, I think they're both great players, and what I like about both the Diaz and Corey Lee is the fact they're so athletic too. I mean, that's yeah. a unique position to be athletic in. The JT Real Muto's. I'm not saying these guys are as good, but co- mm-hmm. could be, because they're able to play other positions. Yet they're sitting behind home plate, so that tells you they've got great lower halves as far as legs coming out from behind home plate. They've got great arms. The biggest thing for me and a lot of the other these a lot of these other guys, even across baseball, all organizations is development was hampered in 2020 because of the COVID season. There's a lot of kids that didn't get to go to these off-site workout camps. They had to sit at home. And I know know, not getting a full season of reps behind home plate or at-bats set these guys back at least Hmm. a year. And then you add in the new rule changes, how hard it is to be a catcher catching 95-plus with turbo spin break on everything – these guys need the experience behind the plate to develop and get into the big leagues, but their 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 trajectory has been hampered, but at the same time, they've got to speed it up in order to pick up time and, and back up a guy like Maldonado if you don't go get a, a veteran catcher to back up Maldi or work with Maldi.
0: That is really a great point, Blum, about being set back by that season. I had completely forgotten that the minor leagues were shut down, essentially. Yeah. For a whole year. I, I that's a, just a tremendous point. And probably why you get the big bucks. But um <laughs> but I gotta I gotta say too, one person that we've talked about a lot that right now suddenly everybody's overlooking is Pedro Leon. I've gotta figure that he's ooh, gonna factor ooh. into the center field position as well. Like um that. the guy's done everything he can do at AAA, Right. Um well, <laughs> Yeah, what's gonna
1: what's gonna happen there? Do you, do you dangle him out there that's a guy with club control who has potential but i'm not i'm just saying i mean mm-hmm. as an objective gm type thing he's available but at the same time as an astro i'm going i, I like him in center field i like his I, bat i want to keep him around well how good defensively
0: is he too i mean I, i'll be honest i have not gotten a lot of time i plan on going to a couple of skeeters games next year i really do want to go mm-hmm. see it and and see the ballpark and all well, that you but mean
1: space cowboys right Damn it! I did mean space Cowboys.
0: No, you're. Uh, I have that.
1: I have that issue with the Guardians. The Guardians, right? I can yeah. imagine. How many times did you say Indians this year? And do you, oh, and is ask there, everybody on Twitter. That's all they ever. The only tweets I got here were, you're saying Indians. You're saying Indians. Do you have I'm one sorry, of those swear jars? Yeah. You have to
0: put some money in, like the <laughs> exactly. jar every put time some you money say in, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to buy a new car by the end of it.
0: Exactly. Well, I. I just. I. I wonder, like with him like what is his defense like because i haven't really gotten a chance to see him very much i know he's obviously a plus offensive guy
1: yeah no he's a plus offensive guy but i think he, he's 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 another one of those guys that needs the reps in the outfield because pedro leone you've got to remember i've seen him at spring training at shortstop this guy's right. an athlete so yeah. The, the part of being an athlete, you're already ahead of the game, and if you're playing a position like shortstop, we talked about the advantage of having good guys up the middle, so you're playing a primary position, catcher, second, short, center field, and they mm. think enough of him to have the baseball instinct to play up the middle, but he's yeah. also athletic enough to go from shortstop, which is a hyper-athletic <clears> uh, uh, position to play, and then you move him to center field, and then it just becomes reads off the bat. Can you get a jump? Do you have the speed to make up for a bad jump? And I yeah. think that's where he's starting to learn a little bit. And I'm, I'm hearing that he is getting better. And I think that's a positive for him. But his bat between you and I, much like a guy like Jainer Diaz or a Corey Lee, so those guys, if, the, if you put them into a lineup, they're going to surprise you and produce a little bit. And I think Pedro yeah. Leon offensively is definitely in that category. But to your point, I think it's can he play the defense at the big league level. He's kind of a compact
0: guy too, isn't he? He's not yes. like a yeah, he's a he's powerhouse. Like, yeah, he's like a he's like a stocky. You know, he's not Jose Altuve, but he's like a kind of a small, like compact, stocky dude. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand he can flat out fly, yep. uh, which would definitely help him in center field. I, it's going to be a very fascinating next few months because the Astros it's obviously fun. are not—they're not overspending, obviously, yeah. which which I think both you and I agree is a good move. Yes. Um, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if like the Astros just kind of – kind of, I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to literally regret it within 24 hours, I bet. I was going to say, I feel like the Astros might just be quiet for a little bit. you know We might not hear a lot. Of and then, of course, I say that, and the minute I say that, I'm going to go online, and Ken Rosenthal or Jason Stark <laughs> or somebody is going to be like, the Astros have just announced they've traded away 10 players. And it's, you know, it's like <laughs> – so, but I yeah. I feel like it feels like it's about to be quiet time. It might not be, but that's what it kind of feels like to me.
1: Well, it feels like a lot of organizations out there are just kind of sitting hunkered down in that bunker with their earplugs in going, "Dear God, what's coming at us next?" <laughs> you know, just the reverberation of some of these contracts is jarring. So, uh there's a, there's there is some quality But the Astros, at the same time, it's got to be great for for Jim and his staff to be able to sit back and kind of look and go, oh my gosh, did you see what they just did? And knowing that you're in a position to compete for another World Series in 2023, and you don't have to go out there and make that explosive move, you still got enough guys to go out there and compete with them. And how do you feel if you're like the Royals or like the Brewers?
0: Or the, you know. The or, Marlins, you know, I mean. The Blue Jays. Like, these teams that just don't have the. the Blue I Jays mean, are a good one.
1: You just, they feel like they you, can compete, but they don't have the cash to go do it.
0: I know. It's it's just, it's got to be incredibly frustrating if you're a fan of a
1: really small market team. I mean, yeah. it sucks, it, it, you know. It's, well, it's either that or you say, you know what, it's going to be a lot more fun when we beat those teams that have these $300 million <laughs> payrolls. That's the truth. There's no lie there's no lies in in your truth right there,
0: Blummer. You are <laughs> you're you're spitting fire as usual, and that is that is why everyone loves you. No, <laughs> yeah, good cup of coffee today. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks everybody for joining us this week. We'll be back next week. Um, ahead of uh, the holidays coming up, it's going to be a should be a very interesting uh, maybe it'll be quiet. Look, Blummer, maybe we come back next week and we're talking about who knows what it's you never know you just don't know really don't uh and so please be sure to join us and uh crush that like and subscribe button the way the astros crush the yankees hopes and dreams every year which is one of my favorite favorite things in this world so (laughs) thanks everybody we'll talk to you next time go astros